Hi, this is Cody Daigle-Oriens. This is Neil Daigle-Oriens. And welcome to another episode of Bearded Fruit. I wasn't expecting this. Yay. (laughs) Whoa. There's another voice. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. my God. Ghosts. Oh, my God. I know. Ghosts. It's ghosts. Who is <laughs> No, we have a very special guest this week that uh, we're going to introduce soon. So we're going to leave you in suspense for just a moment. Suspense, you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're leaving me with Antissif. Patient. So. You should have waited until the end of the episode. That's what I was going to do. So cute. Next time. Okay. This mutiny on the bounty that's happening right now. Really. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I I am the lead host. You were just the second lead singer. Whoa. (laughs) I'm the Beyonce. You're the Kelly. It's bearded. Never the case. That's never the case. (laughs) It's bearded fruit, not bearded fruits. Whoa. Exactly. That's the point I just made. No, but yes. isn't fruit isn't fruit plural though? Read your thing. Okay. <laughs> so before we dive into the episode and introduce our guest, our wonderful guest David, uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, the queer read is happening. So if you haven't uh, checked this out on our website, each month we are going to pick a queer focused book by a queer writer, and we encourage everybody out there to grab a copy and read it. And at the end of the month, we're going to put out a very special episode discussing that book with some experts, and hopefully, in some cases, in months to come, the author of the book and we're also going to host a live web event for all of us to get together online and discuss the book and this month for february our kickoff book is queer a graphic history by meg john barker and julia Scheel. now it's a really cool little book that introduces uh, readers to the basics of queer theory and it surveys some of like the really major figures in queer theory and queer writing uh, all of it is told in the format of a graphic novel and it makes it a really accessible smart and funny book and it speaks to a lot of the things we discuss here on the show so we thought it would be an appropriate book to pick as the first book for the queer read so if you're interested head over to the website and go to our queer read page order the book and get reading and we're going to have the first episode the queer read episode on february 27th and the web live book event will be on february 28th and you can find out all that information on beardedfruit.com the library is open the library is open. Reading is fundamental. Uh, yeah. Shade. That's all I got. <laughs> <Okay>. Gagging. <clears throat> Gagging. Mopping. Um, any of the cards from Paris's book. Yes. So, t- this week we are really excited. We, our guest traveled, yo. He traveled from a very long distance sure to did. come to see us. Literally just for this, too. No other reason. No, I'm right. leaving after this is done. Yeah, this is we, like we just picked nine him o'clock up. p.m. Yeah, we just picked him up at the airport, and this is actually the latest we've ever. This is the latest we've ever recorded. Yes, yeah. uh, bearded fruit nights <laughs> after dark. It's bearded fruit after dark. Yeah, after it's, dark. Yeah, Ooh. that's why when we're all we're all in in just jockstraps recording Ooh, this since it's bearded fruit after Ooh. dark. <laughs> uh, no, so uh, we want to welcome to the podcast our friend David Esau, who is coming in. He came in from. Portland and uh, to to spend some time with us and we invited him to be on the podcast so hi David hi everybody Portland Oregon I just want to make sure that the Northeast people realize not Portland Maine not Portland Connecticut which exists apparently Apparently. it does exist Portland Portland Oregon it's wonderful to be here I've had such a great time with the two hours that I've been here so (laughs) so of course the first question is um, tell us all the reasons you love bearded fruit Oh God! I'm sorry. What no, is it? What? <laughs> wait, this is a podcast. Oh, wait, you're, wait, this isn't the read. You're recording. <laughs> Y'all are recording right Hold now. Hold on. Wait, this isn't throwing shade. What is this? I'm um, not sure what this is. 
No. Um, tell everybody who's out there listening a little bit about you. Cool. Okay. Uh, well, my name is David. David Esam from Juneau, Alaska. I have been in Portland for the last three and a half years. Um, I love beaches. <laughs> She's a Pisces. <laughs> I am. I am a Pisces. I am a one hundred percent Pisces. Um, God, I hate this. What do you want to know? <laughs> so David and I actually met via Growler when right, I was right. in Portland, Oregon, uh, for a printmaking conference, and we went to a drag show. Oh my! And we're not going to talk about that right now. Don't worry about it, listeners. That's probably for the best. But I That's mean, for the best. it was wonderful. We, right. We right. had a lovely time. Yes. And things were said. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and songs were sung. Song, songs were lip synced. That they should not have been. No. We can leave it at that. Yeah, that's that's all that the viewers need to know. That's true. There was definitely not like a Facebook argument between myself <laughs> and another white gay man. That definitely did not happen. Oh, God, I remember that. No. I remember that. So anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm really, I'm really happy to be here. Can I get to really pretty state? And that's all she has to say. That's really it. <laughs> that's all that's going. No, it's it's been really really great being here. I, I love, I love being on the side of the country. I'm never I'm never out here, so it's really great. Well, we are definitely happy to have you. It's been really fun having you here. Totally hanging out of the house and hanging out with our pup for the last yeah. two hours. Yeah, yeah. Right, again, the, just for two hours. Just for right. It's only for the recording and one hour more. Show. So make it you know make it quick. Make well, it we took advantage of uh, the fact that David would be here to uh, have a conversation about a piece that was recently in Out Magazine, which I thought would make a really great conversation for all of us mm-hmm. to have. Um, I mean, I suppose since this is a podcast, we should also mention yeah, that you are not white. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise, this conversation could be misconstrued that by is listeners. A good point. I'm going to yeah. make bearded fruit history right now by um, being the first to say our new catchphrase hmm. Is it hot? Is it intersectional? Are you proud to serve it? We are proud to serve you, David Esau. It is hot. <laughs> it, is, intersectional. it is intersectional. Yes. And, and we are proud to serve it. And referring oh to you as it is kind of problematic. That is that's a valid point. But that's a valid point. Um, he <laughs> I am I am black. I am African American. <laughs> this will make more sense as we continue talking. Right. Yes. He is a colored He is a colored POC of color. <laughs> I'm an Afro American is what I prefer to be. <laughs> Thank you very much. But you don't even have an afro. That's a fade. I, that's true. That's a valid point. <laughs> and then we launch into a conversation that has nothing to do with race, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. Actually, the the, the article that we're going to talk about uh, is a piece that was recently in uh, on the Out Magazine website by Randall Jensen, and it's uh, part of a series called Love in Black and White, which is a, it's a series of... Uh, of pieces by different writers that out uh, put together that focuses on issues of uh, sexual racism, basically like race and sexuality in the gay community. And there was this particular piece by Randall Jensen called Boycotting White D, which I read and I thought was very interesting. Didn't David bring that to our attention or... I feel like you, you guys had a moment online. Was, did you, did, did you, you send that to me? There was actually there was another article that kind of ties into this that I sent to you. I yeah. I feel like you posted this, and I might uh-huh. have discussed it with you a yeah. little bit. I don't remember who said. Whoever, I'm sure if you're at the, if you sent it to me, just send me a message, and then I'll correct it later. But yeah, I think someone randomly was like, "Hey, you should check this out. Mm-hmm. What do yeah. you think of this?" And there was a dialogue. And a dialogue. Yeah, and dialogue. 
And so this piece by Randall Jensen, uh, he talks about why he, in his online apps, post the election, has started to include the phrase white dick not welcomed as part of his profile. That he is, he is cutting off, he's cutting off access to... His bus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's like cutting. He's cutting off access the to gates. white men because of, of his experiences in the gay community mm-hmm. with the sexual racism. So this is a little paragraph from the piece. Uh, quote: As an adult, I've navigated gay communities looking for friendship, family, and love. I've met many amazing people, but there's still this ingrained idea that my worth is determined by the level of interest a white man shows me. These men, their profiles declaring no blacks, no femmes, no fats, reminds me that I'm not enough and i've learned that i am only worthy when they reply back end quote and he Which talks destroyed yeah. me yeah. <laughs> absolutely destroys me oh. um yeah it's just it's it's so it's so true it's so true like I, I feel like there's so many people of color myself included that that's the standard like that's the that's the gay standard that's the bear standard that's the standard of beauty and you're only you're only welcomed in if like a white person lets you in mm-hmm. it it got me it got me were you shook it, <laughs> i was shook i gagged my my it was too much it was too much for me now i like do, do you feel that more now or has that always been the case in your experience as a queer person and as an out person uh now as in post election um, or, or like in the last, I would say in the last, I don't know, year, couple years, I guess. I, I certainly, and I, I'm, I know that it's not because it's, it's now more. It's not like Frederick Douglass is not more and more now, but it's uh, that it, it's <laughs> always him, been the case. But that that what I re- I'm recognizing is I'm becoming aware of it in a different way, and right. so then now I'm seeing it. But I'm curious: is is do you feel that that has increased over time, or mm. has that always been the feeling? in the community no it's honestly it's always it's always been there uh when i was in when i was in juno there's there's at the time there was really no gay scene and so my only exposure to to queerness was the online experience uh i was on like all the apps trying looking for any sort of attention and from the jump i always felt that there was that there was that there was a space for me and there's a there's a space for everyone else. And the, the spaces that I was occupying, like all these, you know, bear websites, there's too many of them. I feel like that wasn't my space. And I feel like my interactions with people, they got that. And at the time I didn't. Um, so yeah, it's 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 kind of been an, an every and really an everyday thing of not feeling not feeling like I'm good enough, you know, because I'm not nice and white. Light and sweet, as Light. they would say at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> or ivory, of ivory skin tone. Well, and in the piece, Jensen, he talks about having that experience over and over again. Right. And, and also, he talks in the piece about... Um, I'll, I'll actually read it. He uh, because Jensen is Latino. He uh, he's lighter skinned. And so he says this about uh, his experience. He So he left... 
he left this world where he was mostly surrounded by white white friends, and he lived in and worked with uh, young people of color who were in shelters. And this is how he talks about where how he started to understand racism in a new way. This is from uh, Jensen's piece. Quote, sexual racism kept me alive and relatively safe while my new friends, homeless, gay, black teenage boys, disappeared into cars and alleys. They were forced to use their bodies to make $5, $10, or $50 for handjobs, blowjobs, and sex with wealthy white men who would travel in from the suburbs to prey on their vulnerable bodies at the 24-hour coffee cartel. This harsh new world created a dangerous fantasy for young boys of color that sex and the potential promise of white love could keep us safe. End quote. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um... I mean, I, I mean, I sort of like to think that that I have always kind of been aware that that uh, to to that in, being inclusive in in queer spaces was incredibly important. Right. But I like honestly, I never, I never really realized that it was it was this exclusionary. Mm. Is that the? Is that sure. a, fi- no, a fine a, way to put it? That seems right. Ex- I mean, exclusive, right? Like, yeah, or... Yeah, whatever. It works. You're a writer. You'll figure it out. Yeah, I never I never really sort of comprehended quite how how deep that divide was. And uh, in another piece, which I thought would... This was the first time I thought about it this way, too. In the introductory piece to this series, Love in Black and White, uh, Les Fabian Brathwaite and Zach Stafford describe sexual racism. Um, race is often used as a qualifier or a disqualifier as much as body type, height, or hair color. Mm. That in the in the gay community, white gay men use race in the same way that they use that they consider hair color or right. or how big you are that those characteristics and race are equal even though they're not equally fraught with implications mm-hmm. um, right like i don't know a single person who would be like oh i'm not interested in you you are you're a brunette i'm only into redheads like that i've never heard of like I've never I've never experienced that sort of exclusion. It's like race is a race is so much higher than that. It's the are you white? Are you are you POC? POC? Okay, that's not. And then let's go into hair color, height, you know, weight, blah blah blah. I feel like that's one of the first things that really discounts you more so than, you know, hair color, eye color, things like that. Well, something that I'm kind of taking away from this, too, is uh, the implication of what racism means and that it's a system of oppression. Um, and there's there's something I feel that's being really kind of implicitly pounded in um, about the notion of using sex as a way to oppress people. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the term totally makes sense. It's 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 racism in a way that that uses sexuality to um, to oppress people um, or to uh, further their own internalized oppression, um, and it's just not cool. It's not cool, um, and it's it, it's it's something that's that makes me rethink a lot of things too. Where where um, I've never my my relationship with my body and my relationship with sex has never been oppressive, and yet here we are, mm. and it's kind of uh, something that is kind of taking me aback a little bit. The no, the, the notion of, and I, I always know that people have body issues, people have body dys, uh, dysmorphia and dysphoria, um, so like I've always been understanding of that. But um, sex is really great to me, <laughs> and like I have a, a very I have a very positive relationship with sex, mm. um, and. 
sometimes that's problematic but um it's always been like a good happy thing for me and yet now it's one of those things where i'm just like oh sex is being used as a tool of oppression shit yeah (laughs) what how do i deal with this yes how do i I unlearn that that's yeah how do i unlearn that and also what do i do about people who do use it as a tool of oppression how do i stop them from using it because another thing is like body autonomy like how do you stop people from from doing that Mm -hmm. um it's it's hard you can't really and what's uncanny what is uncanny to me is, is so many people don't don't see it that way they they truly see it as oh it's just uh, just something that i it's just a preference you know just something that i that i don't particularly like it i i feel like if if people spent as much energy as they do explaining that it is just a preference if they spent that energy into thinking okay what is it what am I truly saying? What is it about me that does not want to sleep with a black person or a person of color? What is it about how you look that is unattractive to me? And I feel like having that conversation with yourself and digging deep, like that's gotta be where it starts. Well, it's, it, it's the idea that the idea that, that for, for white people, the idea of our whiteness and those, those things are the default. Right. And that, because of that experience and the weird that that the privilege of that is invisible to to us we could think that our preferences just f- jump fully formed out of ourselves and they're entirely made from us right, and it's a vacuum it's right? not right even though all of those like those preferences even though you do feel yes that is your preference it is right. what you prefer you're being shaped by societal forces you're mm. being shaped by culture you're being shaped by socialization exactly to like those things and sometimes we're socialized to do shitty things and we need to be aware of them and find ways to work against them Mm. and you can't just say oh well that's my preference so done right i don't know how many screenshots from dudes like scruff profiles that i've sent you where they're a black guy and they say i'm not into black guys and, and you, I, the one reply that I remember very specifically was involved clap emojis and it's like, love yourself, sis. <laughs> and like, it's just one of those things too, where it's like, um, I cannot even begin to imagine that kind of internalized right. oppression because literally everything out there, all the media is telling me my people are beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like, there's like nitpicky things where it's just like, I wish I was hairier. I wish I had a better body. I wish, uh. And like, like sometimes I get really sad about that. But like, that's so dumb. It's, right. so, it's so dumb. It, it's nothing compared to, to to something like that. Exactly. Like I can't imagine just being like, I'm just not into other white guys. Honestly, it's it's it, it's tough. Like it's to be completely honest. I mean. I was that way. You know, I was like, I don't know if I want to like have sex with another black guy for the longest time. It was like you said, like that, that anti-blackness, that white standard of beauty was so, was so ingrained in me that I, I couldn't look in the mirror and like, you look attractive. You look good. It's yeah, it's tough and it's insidious too. Cause I feel like people don't, I don't know. People don't get it. Like people, yeah, they, they, they just, they just don't, they just don't get it. And I didn't get it for the longest time. I didn't, I didn't see what I was doing as anti-blackness. I just thought, oh, I just had a preference. Um, 
and it's taken it's taken being in Portland it's taking it's taken being on Tumblr to like force me to look at myself and look at wow it's it's I really don't like myself like I I really like I had an issue with being black like I had an issue with with being me and how messed up that was and it's taken so long to to rise above that and and it honestly is still a process of of loving myself and and loving the blackness in other people and I mean, it's it's it's, do- it's tough to do in Portland too, because there's like what five black people in there. <laughs> You're two of them, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's tough. It was tough in Juno too. I mean, I was I was probably you know one of maybe three black families, and and I think that also plays into kind of how my how my sexual interest came about is because I, I never really had I never really had big black guys in, in my life you know what I mean it's it's it, that's part of it too but I think the biggest part of it is the culture is is set up as what is the default and that's the standard you can deviate to a certain degree but you can't be like Wesley Snipes dark like you can't do that it's not you can't do it I'm fine with Wesley Snipes dark <laughs> Wesley he, I mean, if you're fine with tax evasion, then sure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he was Blade, girl. Um, <laughs> that was a good movie. So, so um, in talking about loving the blackness in, inside of you, do you love the blackness that's inside of Cody? <laughs> oh, my God. I... <laughs> Lord. Neil is opening a can of... <laughs> True. of Trouble. It's a can of trouble. I'm. This is an entirely other episode that I, that I would also like to guest star in, and we can definitely do that in the what, darkness inside all of us. What Neil is talking about is that I ha- I am I am like drawn to um, to black culture. I'm drawn to black art in all its form: black music, black right. films, black performer. Like I'm I'm drawn to it, mm-hmm. and it's what I consume most often, with the exception of Carly Rae Jepsen. Don't want to talk but, about it. Don't want to um, talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. No, not. We got boy problems up in this house tonight. <laughs> Stop it. Jeez. This is a no Cody zone. Declaring it right um, now. You cannot declare it bearded fruit. <laughs> a no Carly. House. That is not your podcast. <laughs> what is he doing? Cash me outside. Because now I know what that means. Um, You're 40. No, so. Yes. Cash me outside. Once so I wanted to ask, connected to to what you were talking about a little bit ago, uh, I, I'm interested to to if you could talk a little bit about the experience of the process of coming out, but also then having to deal with the relationship of race and the community. So mm-hmm. like not only are you going through the process of like figuring out who you are as yeah. a as a gay person and the challenge of that and making that your identity Mm -hmm. but then once you're in that community it's then a hostile the place that you're supposed to not be othered you are then othered inside and yeah like yeah it's i mean it was tough i mean the coming out process was very very difficult for me i come from a really religious background and it's not that it was very oppressive at all like i i I love I, i loved it like i was i was fully into it i it just made sense for me it was it was a it was community um but it was it was still difficult to be viewed as 
you got to figure this out. Like, you can be gay, you can do whatever you need to do, but you got to figure this out because, like, this isn't this isn't cool. This isn't Christian. It was it was difficult. So coming out to coming out to my friends was difficult. Coming out to my parents, extremely difficult. And in fact, it's it, it it's still a thing. Um, and it it would have been nice to be, you know, fully fully welcomed into you know, another community, but it's, it's still, it's still been a struggle. It's, it was, it was tough. Again, you know, being in Juneau, there wasn't a, uh, there wasn't really a queer community there at that time. So my interactions were basically all online and it wasn't so much like, Hey, like I just came out. I just want friends. It was like, Hey, I just came out. Like I want to see your penis. And like, (laughs) I guess jumping, (laughs) jumping to that, it's, I don't know. It it hurt because finding this community that I liked and them having them like instantly reject me, it was it was difficult. I didn't I didn't know what what I didn't know what space I could occupy. Like I kind of I was like maybe I should maybe I should give this whole straight thing another try. Like maybe maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I can quote unquote rise above my homosexuality. That didn't work. So I kind of had to be like okay gays here I am that's it like accept me figure it out because it's because it's not made to you you know um so yeah short answer is it was it's, it's difficult it is it is continually difficult I still don't feel like even with my you know sub community of, of of friends that I have in Portland I still feel like I'm I'm that black dude at parties or like the, the black dude who comes around sometimes it's it's difficult not being just David just like black David mm. or you're black just Neil. you're just oh, you're <laughs> as I've been yes called. as I've black been called. Neil. <laughs> yeah he's, it's true no yeah. it's true he was I, referred to by my coworker as black Neil and, you're you're um, you're also black coworker so it wasn't problematic that's true yeah it's not as problematic yeah, yeah. I'll give it that so, much. Okay, so I want to talk about go back to 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 Jensen's piece and talk about um, his boycott. I want to talk about his boycotting and and that because I know that there's probably someone listening who's going or think or knows someone out there who is thinking, okay, if a person of color is saying I'm not going to sleep with white guys, that's racist. Mm. That's reverse racism. I'm, I I dropped it on the pod. Reverse right. racism. It's, yeah. Look so, at look at them comments too yeah. on on that article because people were people were shook. Yes, were shook. How dare you say I'm not pretty? <laughs> First of all, how dare you? <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Let's white gays get shook at the very smallest thing. That is that's true. The it's smallest true. thing, and, and it all is of a not. Sudden, and it's never proportional to like no. the the ill that they have. "Quote unquote face." What do you mean I can't make transphobic <laughs> microaggressions? <laughs> you have to. <laughs> so, so let's so let's deal with the idea of like th- th- saying no to white dick is reverse racism, and you can be I mean, completely honest. <laughs> <laughs> Please speak on behalf of all black. No, people. I mean. I'm not asking him to speak on behalf well, of all I mean, black we, people, but the coalition of black people did we did <laughs> we didn't meet before I did this, so like we're all on the same page. Good, Dude, we're pretty monolithic. Thank you. <laughs> it's yeah, it's 
if if you look at it as a in a vacuum, then it would certainly seem like reverse racism. We don't exist in a vacuum. We exist on years and years and years of oppression and racism and slavery and a, just a, a mess, just a, a mess of things. So us saying, us boycotting white dick in reaction to these ills is is certainly not the same as someone just not like black dudes. Like it's 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 not it's not even saying that I don't like it's, white people. It's like I'm 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 protesting. I'm protesting with this bus. We're also talking Okay, I had to it, react to that for a moment. We're also article, we're also talking about like literally hurting someone's feelings versus contributing to internalized oppression right. of an entire group of people. Like exactly. literally that's what it boils down to. I am okay with hurting a white person's feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, in response to something that is otherwise oppressing an entire group of people, because like right. literally, when you say no blacks on your on your growler or your grinder or your scruff, you're literally like you're you're basically saying all like however many million billion of you, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, ugly. <laughs> every single one of you, every single one of them is like y'all. Have you seen Idris Elba? Seriously, do you know who he is? Do you know who he is? Do you know who he is? Like. Y'all. The man is gorgeous. It's a it's a universal thing. I feel. Have y'all seen Usain Bolt? Like, <laughs> homeboy can run into my heart. <laughs> All the way from Jamaica, he can run so fast he can run on the water. God bless. Like, Love and I don't like mean to get gross and fetishy, like fetishization, but like it's literally like you are saying every single black person is sexually invalid right. by saying that. That is literally what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. And like, what when it comes to like centuries of Western standards of beauty and all that fun stuff, like hurting a, a sad little white twink's feelings is less important in, at the end of the day. Right. And really, I mean, you could, y'all got options. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there was there was a guy who was literally right next to my profile who will gladly gladly meet up with you, who will have no qualms with with that dick. He does not require woke dick. No. No. So like no. move along. You like can, you can sleep on your dick. Seriously. Like and you'll be fine. Yeah, like never never do, have I ever like had someone want me that much that you just can't move on to the next one. Like I don't know. I I I, I feel like there's there's really no reason to feel so shook. And again, if you Take the energy that you are that you're exerting, trying to def- defend this, def- defend your shookness, into <laughs> into figuring out maybe why I don't like black people, why I don't like Asians. Maybe fig- figure that out, divert that energy elsewhere, because you will do a whole mess of good not only for yourself but for the for the community. And like um, bringing it back to a personal experience. Um, I have yet to encounter somebody saying I don't like white guys, um, but something I have encountered, um, I had a dude tell me that he wasn't into younger guys, and I was like, "But daddy, <laughs> <laughs> daddy, please!" And he's like, "No, I'm just I'm into old other dads. I'm in," and I'm like, "But why?" 
But can you not though? But can you? Uh, what's your point though? <laughs> what is your point? What is your point? And I was shook. Um, and it, it definitely hit me in that like, but I'm young. I'm supposed to be pretty. Like it, it definitely hit me in that kind of way, which I feel like would have been a similar response if somebody had said, I'm not into white guys to me. I feel like I would have been like, but why? <laughs> but like. But I'm gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Why? But like yeah. literally at the end of that conversation, I was like, do you, man? Like, mm-hmm. like, do you, man? Like, I'm not actually hurt by exactly. not getting a dick pic out of you. Right. You, like, even because you're you're not into younger dudes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not actually, at the end of the day, that doesn't actually affect me. It's just like right. one moment of womp, and then I'm off. Yeah, then you're, then you're done. You're done. And like, is your whiteness that, is it that holy for me to be like, have you seen Jesus? <laughs> so white he's ivory like is is your is it so important is it so is it so high that like if i say i'm not into white guys you're you're so taken aback by that that you're so surprised like that is is the assumption that i'm supposed to bend over for every white man like maybe deal with that because like that's that's an issue like it's again it's it's just it's just superiority. It's it's a very subtle, insidious form of su- superiority. I feel like feeling like you deserve this, and that's exactly the feeling that I got. That like made me reevaluate myself when that dude said I'm not into younger guys. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it was. I was like, wait, why am I feeling entitled to his dick pic? Exactly. Like, why am I feeling entitled? Like, he should think I'm cute. Exactly. Because I'm okay. I'm like a solid six out of ten on a good day. <laughs> Have you seen my nails today? They are sad. Maybe a seven. Yeah. It's, no, it's seven. Seven's fine. No. Cody's a seven, I'll but we're not talking about it on a scale of ten. What? <laughs> okay. Seven out of seven, my friend. Okay. So, okay. Seven out of seven. <laughs> That's fine. I'm it's, an eight it's a we- out of seven. It's a weird metric. What? It just works. It's, it's metric. <laughs> it's in Europe. It's based on the lunar um, calendar. <laughs> So I, I know that you you were telling us that you would do something in Portland with a, with another group of friends that I would love for you to talk about yeah. because I feel like it's a, it's something that uh, if if people out there are listening they can maybe do it in their communities which would be a really right. fun way to start to combat some of this entitlement That's and awesome. sexual racism. Yeah. So um, actually, as a response to to a, a very particular experience where where I had feeling on on the outskirts of the gay community and specifically i mean i suppose i should add this i consider myself to be a bear and i enjoy the bear community and that's that's that's, that's where i'm at uh a, a group of us were like hey this is stupid let's have let's let's just make a community together like we we all see each other at these parties and we all kind of know each other but there, there's not a sense of community there so we're like let's let's do this let's let's make a person of color bear community. Uh, so we created the Portland Bears of Color or PBOC or PBOC, whatever. And one of the things that, we, that we've done so far and that we are hopefully going to continue to do is something called Seasonings, uh, which I, I made the name. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just so you know. Um, so what it is is a group of us basically entering white spaces and just being there and forcing people to to deal with our presence. Uh, there's a 
I don't know if you guys know about Portland, but it's incredibly white. So really, all of these all of these gay events that that we do end up going to are very very white, and there's not a lot of people of color there. So we just have just been going to these parties like 15, 20 people deep, and just having like a a lit time, and it's great because I I, I love parties, like I love going out, and it's it's a form of protest it's it's showing it's like showing up and forcing people to deal with your presence and hopefully deal with the issues that they have around our presence being there and it's it's fun i love it uh i i love the name i think the name is it's it's cute (laughs) it's it's um yeah it's great ophelia what are your takes on sexual racism (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Ophelia is our dog, and she has wandered into the recording space, and I'm doing my 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 level best to keep her from making extraneous noises. So she's doing. She's doing. Let her speak. She's doing. She will have. She will make. We'll make space for her later. We don't know if she's queer. She's still too That's, young to come out. So this may not be a space for her on the podcast. Right. Right, but oh, she's beautiful. I love her so but much. But she is beautiful. She is a person of color. The, technically, you're right. <laughs> yeah, let's let's compare people called dogs. That's yeah, fine. no, there's <laughs> nothing. No, there's nothing wrong. Nothing, nothing, nothing around that. I think remotely it's, it's problematic. No. No, 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 let's dehumanize people of color, <laughs> like Pixar and. Disney. <laughs> Someone is listening in on that moment. <laughs> like maybe this maybe this podcast isn't for Remember me. Remember that one time we accidentally became an alt right gay podcast? <laughs> Remember that one like it was such an accident. Yeah. I'll just change the little bearded fruits to little like the frogs. The, <laughs> the little bearded, bearded right? And then put little beards on them. Yeah, it'll be Yeah. It, it, and bearded assholes would yeah, be the this, name this of what the, it would be. Name be. Of the show. Um Thank you, David. Thank you for coming on our You're podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, guys. All right, now go back to Portland. Okay, uh, my flight leaves in like 10 minutes. Perfect. <laughs> we have just enough time. That's great. <laughs> no, um, we, hopefully we will be having David back on more episodes, uh, and we, w- we promise we are not going to only make him talk about race because that would be Tokeny. terrible. Right. I got a lot to say about a lot of stuff, Yes. so get ready for it. Yes. Um, David I'm waiting. A, David will be a new bearded fruit. Which fruit will you be? <laughs> Ooh. I mean, what fruit are you guys? I'm um, a banana, of course. Okay. No, I'm goodness. It's just, <laughs> um, I like peaches. I like peaches a lot. You would. Uh, All right. I, I'm into peaches. You're the peach emoji. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> David's our bearded peach. Bearded peach. It's funny because peaches are fuzzy. I know, yes. right? It's very on brand. And very on I brand. love so on being brand. on brand. Nothing yeah. has been more on brand in the world. Live it. Love um, it. I I I am a lemon. Okay. Yeah. I see that. I see that. I see in that you. too. I see that in you. And you are the orange. At least in the yeah. initial in, in the, the Okay, so actually in the initial branding, I was an apple and you were a pear. Mm. Um yeah, Okay. Yeah, that was the I initial like the, I like the new version. I like yeah, what we got right now. Yeah, because it was quicker and easier and looked not like shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So um, again, thank you, David, so much for coming on. We will you'll thank definitely you be hearing more of David in the future. We will Wonderful. get him to chime in on other fun uh, topics. And uh, if you're interested in checking out uh, Randall Jensen's piece and some of the other pieces in Love in Black and White, you can head over to out.com and look for the series. Again, it's called Love in Black and White. And um, 
We'll see you guys next week. She is licking my leg. There you go. Bye. (laughs) You've been listening to Bearded Fruit, politics and culture through an intersectional queer lens. Now, if you enjoyed this week's episode, head over to our website, beardedfruit.com, to get more info about this week's show and to check out some of our other web features, like our weekly Ask a Dad advice column or our Fruit Stands section, which gives you ways to bring the Bearded Fruit conversation into your community. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Bearded Fruit and on Twitter at Bearded Fruit Pod. And if you have some feedback on this week's episode, or questions to ask us, or just want to share an idea for an upcoming episode, give us a call at 860-785-0633. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or find us on SoundCloud. And as always, thanks for listening.